to Ignite Depot. My name is Apostle Milton Jones. I want to thank you for joining us tonight. Man, I guarantee you're if you came here expecting to receive a right now word, a word that's in due season, a word that will ultimately change your life, it's, you're in the right place tonight. So go ahead and lean all the way in. Get ready, get ready, get ready, get, 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 get ready to receive a right now on time word that will change your life. Life, or we're going to go ahead and make our declaration. We're going to pray, make our confession together, and we're going to find out what it is God has in store for us this evening. Are you ready? Let's go. This, I say, I make this declaration in the corner of Isaiah 61 and 1. It says this It says that the Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because He has anointed me to preach good tidings to the meek. He sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captive, and to open up the prison to them that are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord, the day of vengeance of our God, and to comfort all who mourn to appoint unto them that mourn in zion to give unto them beauty for ashes the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness that they might be called the trees of righteousness the planting of the lord that he might be glorified and they shall build the old ways and they shall repair the 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 desolation, the former desolations, and they shall repair the waste cities, the desolation of many generations. Father, we give you glory, honor, and praise, and thank you for this opportunity in your word. We thank you, Father, that our preaching and teaching would not be with enticing words of man's wisdom, but Father, let it be in demonstration of Holy Spirit and power. Holy Spirit, you're already here. Move up and down each and every hour. Touch each and every person across the airways. I believe that your word will go forth, and at the interest of your word, revelation knowledge will come and flow freely at the interest of your word burdens will be removed yokes will be destroyed and at the interest of your word father god the light will click and come on and father they will see the goodness of god that leads a man or woman into repentance father we are ever mindful to give you all the glory honor and praise for it in jesus name let us all say amen now make get your bible up make this confession with me hold it up Make God mad, make the devil mad, say this with me, say, this is my Bible. The Bible is God speaking to me. The Bible is the truth. It tells me how I should think. It tells me what I should believe. And it tells me how I should walk. Say this with me. The word of God is the most important thing in life. Come on, say it with me again. The word of God is the most important thing in life. Why is it the most important thing in life? Because we already said it. The entrance of his word brings about light, brings about understanding. It discerns and tells you the way you should go. Now, earlier this week, I, I was studying. I received the word of the Lord. And he asked me to share this with you. So I'm going to go ahead and share this with you. Get ready. And here we go. He says, if you always do what you've always done, you will always get what you've always got. I'm going to say that one more time. If you always do what you've always done, you will always get what you've always gotten. See, the definition of insanity is this, doing the exact same thing, expecting something different to happen. He goes on to say this. He says, he says this. He says, you cannot walk in the new still holding on to the old. He says, in order for you to truly walk in the newness of life that he's he has for you, you've got to let go 
of yesterday and walk in the new from this day forward. He says, many are frustrated because it seems like they're walking in circles. He says, but it's because you're taking two steps forward, but you're also taking three steps back. And it seems like you're, you're making no progress, but it's because you're afraid to let go of the familiar to truly walk in the new. He says, but from this day forward, he says, there is no old to go back to, he says, because he's doing a new thing in you. He says, will you receive it? God says, you're, it's like you're going two steps forward, but then you're taking three steps back. He says, and what it really boils down to is you're afraid to let go of the old and step into the new. And it's called a place of being in a place of complacency. It's called being in a place of familiarity. It's called being in, a, in, in your comfortable place. And in order for you to truly walk in all that God has called you to do, you're going to have to step into the old, into the, into the new and step out of the old and say bye-bye to yesterday. Say that with me. Bye-bye to yesterday. You're not going back to the way you were. You're not going back to the way you used to think. You're not going back to the way you used to speak. You're not going back to the way you used to feel. You're not going back to that old way because God is doing a new thing. And you say that with me. God is doing a new thing in me. And it starts right now. Now, God says this, hey, this is a time to begin again. Now, we have a, a very familiar passage we, we have read before, but we're going to talk on it this week. Uh, and we're starting a brand new series. I think it maybe might be a one or two uh, message series called Locked and Loaded. And today, the message, the title for today's message is simply this, Total Makeover. Total Makeover. Now, turn with me, if you will, in Jer to Jeremiah chapter 18. Verse number one, that's Jeremiah chapter 18, verse number one. And we're going to launch off this launch pad into our new beginning. Jeremiah 18, chapter 18, verse number one, I'm reading out of the Amplified. And it says this, it says, the word which came to Jeremiah from the Lord. He says this, he says, Jeremiah, arise, go down to the potter's house. And there I will cause you to hear my words. He says, then I went down to the potter's house and behold, he was working at the wheel. Who was the potter? And the vessel that he was making from clay was spoiled in the hands of the potter. So the, the potter's at the wheel. There's clay on the wheel, but the clay that's on the wheel is spoiled or marred. So what is the potter going to do now that the clay is marred? Now that it doesn't seem like it came out the way it's supposed to do. What did the potter do? It says, so he made it over. And God's saying that to you today. And he's saying it to me today. He's saying this to people all over the world. Hey, I'm not through with your life. He says, even though your situation and circumstances haven't been what it is that you wanted to be, he says, but I'm the potter and you're the clay. God wants to make you over again. He says he wanted to rework it into another vessel as seemed good to the potter 
to make it. God says, I already have a plan. He already has a purpose. He already has a vision. He already has a, a, a pointed end for your life. He says, but you're the clay, but you have to allow the potter to make you over again. And then the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah again. He says, now go to the house of Israel or go to the people who are who are watching at night or go to the ones who are on Facebook or go to the ones who's on YouTube. I go to the ones in the highways and byways. And then he says, and ask them this question. Can I not do with you as this potter does? And that's the question God wants to ask you today. Can he not do with you the same as the potter is going to do with the clay? He's going to remake it. He's going to make it over a vessel that is pleasing, a vessel uh, that seems good to the potter's I, that what he wants to make you because God already has a plan for you. He already has a vision for you. He already has an expected end for you. But he says, he, he asked the question, can I not also do this with you? And behold, as the clay is in the potter's hands, God says, so are you in my hands. And I, he says that to you. He says, so as the, the clay was in that potter's hand, He's saying to you, he's saying to me, so are you in my hands. It doesn't matter how much you messed up. It doesn't matter how many times you missed it. It doesn't matter how many times you've fallen. God's saying to you, he says, it's time to begin again. But you have a choice. And, and this is the part that was so interesting when I was studying it this week. We, people typically read the first six verses. But man, if you read down just a little bit further to the response that the people gave to God's invitation to return unto him and let him make them anew. It says this in Jeremiah chapter 18, verse number 12. It says this, and they said, talking about the people who God make this, Jeremiah was making this, this proposal to, it says, they said, that is hopeless. So we will walk according to our own plans and we will we will everyone obey the dictates of his own evil heart. In other words, they're like, God, talk to the hand because I ain't trying to hear anything you got to say. I know that you said that you're the potter and I'm the, that you're the potter and we're the clay and you want to make us over again and, and a vessel that seems pleasing us. But look, we don't, we don't, we, we don't want to buy into that supply. And in fact, what we're going to do is we're going to walk after our own plans and we will obey the dictates of our own heart. In other words, uh, talk to the hand because we ain't listening. And they, they canceled, they put uh, uh, cancel on God's subscription and they are not listening to him anymore. And you know, it's so interesting because in Malachi chapter three, in Malachi chapter three, so many people, when they read Malachi chapter three, they only read the, the verses eight, nine, and 10 when it's talking about bring your tithes into the storehouse that there may be meat in my house. But that was only an example of one of the areas where the children of Israel had begin, had disobeyed God and fallen away from his way of doing things. And if you read from verse one, all the way down to verse eight, he's talking to them about, Hey, I'm going to clean you up. First, I'm going to clean the priest up. And then 
then I'm going to clean you up with my words. And then I want you to return back to me. And this is one of the areas I want you to, you know, one of the examples of one of the areas where you're missing it at. I want you to return, particularly when, you're, when your tithes and offering is concerned, because you, when you don't follow my, my dictates or my commands, then what happens is you rob me from the opportunity of being a blessing to you. When he's talking about robbing, you rob him of the opportunity of being a blessing to you. So he's saying, hey, return. Take my word. I'm sending my word. Just like I sent it to, to Jeremiah and he told the children of Israel, I'm sending it to my prophet Mike, uh, Malachi. And he's telling to, to, to a group and he said, man, turn, return unto me. And but the people in that man, you these are people God are already in covenant with. And he, he's telling them, man, look, me and you, we have an agreement. We, we, we was rolling. We was tight. Your father and we was walking it out. And all of a sudden, you made a decision to go a different way. But I'm coming back to you to get you to turn and come back so that I can bless you and, and, and get you to your, uh, to your destined end or your, uh, your predestined end that I had for you from the foundation of the world. Now, let's see how the people in Malachi, did they respond any different than those in the book of Jeremiah? Let's find out. Jeremiah and Malachi chapter three, verse 13. This is what their response after God told them, hey, you know, I'm going to bless you and I'm going to open up the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing. You don't have room enough to receive. This was their response. Th their words, God says, your, but your words, they have been harsh against me. And yet you say, what have we spoken against you god says you have said it is useless to serve god and what is the profit or the benefit if we have kept his ordinance or his teachings or his instructions and he says and that we have walked as mourners before the lord of hosts he's saying look man look i hear what you're saying god about all that blessing stuff but man from our point of view, it's useless to serve you. It's pointless to serve you. In fact, what has been the benefit of us walking and keeping your ordinance and, and keeping your commandments and walking in your ways? In fact, God, let me tell you. He says this. He says, continuing on, he says, and we, he says, so now, because we don't think is any benefit to serving you. We don't think there's any profit in obeying your commandments. We, we think it's useless to keep your keep your laws and your instructions. So now what we going to do, we going to call the proud blessed. So those who do wickedness are raised up and they even tempt God and go free. In other words, man, the blessed, are the wicked are living more blessed lives than us. So you know what, God <laughs> miss me on all that. I'm going to go ahead and do me, Lord, you do you and I'm going to get mine, Lord, you get yours. In other words, what they're saying is, is we don't need you in order to be blessed. But let me tell you, this little 70, 80, 100 years here on earth is pales in comparison to the life that you have, you live when you do it God's way. See, God already has a system. It's called the kingdom of God. And in the kingdom of God, God has everything you could ever ask for, you could ever need, you could ever want. He says, but in order for you to have my benefits, you got to do it my 
way. And can I tell you something? God's ways are not grievous. See, the things about this world, see, when you read Matthew chapter 24, when it talks about how this world system, uh, uh, the way that the world is doing things is going to come to an end and it's already falling apart and we can see that all around us right now. Man, you got to have something that's going to, that you know is proven to work when you work it. See, most people say, man, the word don't work. No, the word works when you work the word and you walk in conjunction with it and don't be trying to half step cutting it. So they's like, man, uh-uh, God, we good because we don't think there's any profit in serving you. We don't think there's any benefit in it. So we going to call the, the wicked blessed and we going to rock with them. You say, well, that's only two. Well, let me give you this last version. See, God never forces you to do anything. He always leaves the choice up to you. Now, in Job chapter 12, Job chapter 21, Job chapter 21, still talking about a total makeover. Remember, it's God's desire for you to be like the, for him to be the potter and you to be the clay and for you to allow him to make you over again into a vessel that's good to the one to the potter to make it he already knows everything you need he already knows everything that you desire he already knows the, the, the desires of your heart he says but let me show you how to do it my way so he can do exceedingly abundantly above anything you could ever ask or think now job chapter 21 something still talking about how people have made the decision to reject what it is that God is offering to them. Job chapter 21 verse 12 says this, they sing to the tambourine and harp and rejoice to the sounds of the flute. They spend their days in wealth and in a moment go down to the grave. Yet they say to God, depart from us for we do not desire the knowledge of your ways. Who is the Almighty, that we should serve him. And what profit do we have if we pray to him? In other words, man, we already got our own thing going on. So why? We, we don't want your knowledge. We don't want your information. We don't want your ways. We And these are all things that people are saying to God who are people who maybe at one point in time walked with God or at one point in time heard about the, the things of God, about the goodness of God, and they like, uh-uh, God, good, man, look, your way take too long, so I'm going to take a shortcut, and I'm going to do it the world's way, and when I do it the world's way, I'm going to get a result, but see, now what you don't understand is when you follow the world's way of doing it, you now you are responsible for keeping yourself up, and God is no longer responsible. See, God can only bless what he births. In other words, if it's something that God has authored or it's something that God has begun in you or part of God's plan, man, he's he's on the hook to make sure that thing comes to pass as you walk in conjunction with him. But if you make the decision, God, look, I got this. You just, you know, I'm going to get, Lord, I'm going to let you have that big stuff. This little stuff, man, don't worry about it. I got that. God, you just take care of that real big stuff. God says, that's not how it works. He says in Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, he said, trust in me with all your heart. Don't lean to your own understanding in all of your ways. Acknowledge him and he will direct your path. 
In other words, when you acknowledge him, when you ask him, when you inquire him, but you don't move until you get an answer from him on what it is you're supposed to say and what it is you're supposed to go and where it is you're supposed to uh, uh, say it at and where you're supposed to stay from and who you're supposed to stop talking to and who you're not, not supposed to continue to have fellowship with because that old those old things keep drawing you back, pulling you back to that old way of doing things and that's your two steps forward with God and then your friend calls you then you start going three steps back and then you then you say, no 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 I'm, I'm ch- I don't want to do it no more and then you go two more steps forward again and then your old job calls you and then you're going three steps back he's like man make up your mind he says you this is what you're doing you're going back forward and backward and forward and backward it's like a hamster that's on the wheel he's moving all the time but guess what he's going nowhere he's using the same amount of energy but he's going nowhere fast why was it that people rejected god's knowledge why was it that god they rejected god's ways why was it that they rejected god's offer because in accordance to job chapter 21 and verse 25 everyone did what was right in their own eyes when you begin to do what's right in your own eyes, when you are limited to only, the only things that you know, the only things that you can figure out. See, this is the thing. Even if you use the world's knowledge, but you don't ever inquire of God in regards to it, you are still limited to what the, is the world knows. The awesome thing about having a relationship with God is you could ask God about something and he will give you the inside scoop about what it is your boss won't say, your friends won't say, your spouse won't say, your boyfriend agrees girlfriend won't say God will give you the 411 on what's really going on in that situation and how to proceed but only when you acknowledge him and you stop limiting yourself to what only things that are, are right in your own eyes see second Timothy chapter 2 as you are second Timothy chapter 4 talks about how in the last days, it was going to be times like this. Even in the body of Christ, there's times like this where it seems like people are doing what's right. They made they, they, I got my own truth. There's a, there is only one truth, and that's truth according to the Word of God. Everything else is facts, but the Word of God is truth. It's truth because the Word of God is the only thing that will make you truly free. Now, 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse number 3, I'm reading out of Amplified, and it says this. Still talking about people doing what's right in their own eyes and what makes sense to them. It says this, it says, for the time is coming when people will not tolerate, endure, sound, and wholesome instruction, but having itching ears itching for something pleasing and gratifying, they will gather to themselves one teacher after another to cons- to a considerable number chosen. What is the reason why these particular che- teachers are chosen? To satisfy their own liking and to foster the errors they hold. So they don't want to hear your truth. They don't want to hear the truth about how God has already made a way of escape for you. They don't want to hear the truth about the fact that even though the you you were marred, the potter says, man, let me make you over again. They don't want to hear the fact that says, man, if you keep my commandments and walk in my ways, man, I will bless you in the city, bless you in the field. I will bless, make you have a life in abundance to the full until it overflows. They don't want to hear that. They're like, uh-uh, no, man, I want teachers. I want teachers to, 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 that's going to satisfy 
my own likings and, and foster the errors that I already hold. And, and they will turn aside. In other words, they're going to turn, but they're going to turn aside away from hearing the truth. They will turn aside from hearing the truth and wander off into myths and man-made fictions. Can I tell you, it's happening right now. In 2022, it's happening every single day. And the greatest way that they get that getting that lie across, uh, changing the narrative. I was in a meeting earlier today and they was talking about uh, the narrative on how, uh, uh, how people, what they're doing with the education system and how they're dealing with, 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 with government and how they're doing in social media. And when they want to change a narrative, what do they do? They, like we talked about last week, they desensitize you to the truth. They, they keep putting false things in, in front of you so long and so often you begin to believe that what the lie is is the truth and then what happens is is they begin to link it with something else that is bad and you oh man i can't do that because i keep seeing this and it, that can't be right and this is bad and, and the ultimate goal is to get you to convert or get you to change from what you knew at one point was right and begin to follow something that is wrong that's a, you know what another word for that is they are using perverted thinking because perverted thinking simply means taking something that was true and turning it to, into something that is worse what are they what are they really ultimately trying to affect they want to get to your heart they want to get all that stuff down into your heart remember according to proverbs 23 7 as a man or woman thinks in their heart i ain't talking about your blood i'm talking about the real you with you the center of who you are what you truly hold to your true way of thinking, whatever you hold to, it's in your heart. And when it gets down in your heart, it triggers you when situation circumstances come, it will trigger you and cause you to go in one direction or another. That's why Proverbs chapter 4, 23 said this, keep or guard your heart with all diligence, whatever you got to do, guard what goes into you, your heart, what's going into your, through your eyes, what's going into your ears, what's coming out of your mouth. Because when you're watching all this stuff on TV and social movie, media or movies or through music, whatever, and, and it's, it's in front of your eyes and, and it's going, you're giving attention to it through your ears. Cause you listening to it. You listening to it. Uh, you're listening to it. Yeah. You're listening to it. Next thing you know, you're dancing. Next thing you know, you got your hands. Uh, 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 and then, then all of a sudden, because now you don't hurt us all. It's in your heart. Next thing's going to happen. You're going to start saying it out of your mouth. You're going to start saying out of your mouth and guess what's going to happen. It's going to cause you to turn, 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 turn. And that identity that he gave you when he says you are the, uh, he's the potter and you are the clay and he's shaping you and making you and molding you into all that he's called you to be. He says, but when you make a decision to reject that truth and you're doing things, you're following after your own ways and you're doing that which is right in your own eyes and you're turning aside from the truth and and and, and tolerating error and myths and man-made fictions he says you have allowed you did not guard your heart with all diligence and now the issues are showing up in your life bad relationships can't keep a job broken than the first set of the 
Ten Commandments. Sick all the time. You don't know what's going on. And God's telling you, man, today is your time. Today I want you to do a total makeover. Today is the day for you to come back. Make a decision to come back to him and turn from that old way of doing things. Today is your day to walk in the new. Now, some people say, but man, it's God's desire. In fact, he sits up there with his fly swatter, and he's waiting on you to mess up so he can swat you. And it's God who's sending you to hell, and that's all he wants to do is just burn you up. Well, let me, let me, let me put you up on some truth. That's not true. In fact, if you read Ezekiel chapter 33 and 11, he says, he's saying this to the children of Israel. He says, he has no pleasure. Hebrews chapter 33 as you were, Ezekiel 33 and verse 11, he says, I have no pleasure in the death of the wicked, but that the wicked turns from his way and live. In fact, he says, turn, turn from your evil ways. Why should you die? In other words, he said, I don't, God has no pleasure in you uh, in your death god has no pleasure in seeing you going through all kind of chaos god has no pleasure seeing people drop off like rocks and, and knows that the end of their end of their uh, their their days are the end result is they're going to have an eternity separated from him that he has no pleasure in that he has no desire in that if he had a desire in that answer this one question if he had a desire in that why send Jesus in the first place? If, if, if you didn't care, if he was, he was, he was the absent, uh, absentee father, if he was a deadbeat dad, why would he send Jesus in the first place to give you an opportunity to be restored into right relationship with him? Go ahead, I'm listening. It makes absolutely no sense. But that's when you get stuck on, when somebody gets stuck on stupid and they don't want to hear the truth because they've already become wise in their own eyes and wise in their own ways. And they said, we're going to follow after the dictates of our own heart. Now, I'm going to tell you how, how else I know that it's not his desire that any person be lost, but everybody coming to the knowledge of the truth. In First Timothy chapter 2, verse number 1, he says this. He's saying this in the church. He says, first of all, the supplication, prayers, intercession, giving of thanks, be made for all men, for kings and for all who are in authority, that, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. Now, listen to this. For this is a good and acceptable unto God our Savior, who desires that all men to be saved, healed, set free, delivered, made whole, and to come into the knowledge of the truth. For there is one God, one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself a ransom or paid the price for all. So he paid the price for all. Jesus was God's gift to the world. But everybody in the world would not receive him. In fact, he says in Isaiah 55 and 6, he says this. He says, seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his ways and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Let him return unto the Lord. And he, talking about the Lord, will have mercy on him and to our God who will abundantly pardon. So it is God's desire to, for you to return that he may abundantly 
pardon you. He says, for your ways and for my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are my ways your ways, says the Lord. He says, for as heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. It's God's desire to for you to begin again. It's God's desire for you to experience a total makeover. He says, but the choice is yours. The choice on whether it happens or not is yours. Is not even up to God. He says this in Deuteronomy chapter 30, and this is the parts where we're going to close. He says this, he says, Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse 14. He says, but the word is near you. He says, it's in your heart. It's in your mouth, it's in your heart that you may do. He says, see, I have set before you today life and good, death and evil, in that I command you to love the Lord your God to walk in his ways and to keep his commandments and his statutes and his judgments that you may live and multiply and that your God will bless you in the land which you go to possess it. He says, now his desire is for you to choose life. His desire is for you to love him with all of your heart. He says for you to keep his commandments, for you to, to walk in his ways, because all his, ultimately, his ultimate desire is for you, you to be blessed. And he says, and his ultimate desire is for you to walk in and possess everything he has for you. He says, but if you, if you turn your heart away so that you do not hear and are not and are drawn away and worship other gods and serve them. He says, I announce to you today that you shall perish. It didn't say he was going to cause you to perish. It says, he says, you shall not prolong your days in the land which you cross over to go in to possess it. And he says, and I call heaven and earth against you. To, as a witness against you today, he says that he said, he reiterates, I have set before you life and death, blessing and curses. Therefore, choose life. He says, you got A and B. He says, I'm telling you, choose A, choose life. He says that both you and your descendants may live and that you may love the Lord your God, that you may obey his voice, that you may cling to him for he is your life and is the length of your days that you may dwell in the land which he has given unto you. He said, is my desire that you choose life. It's my desire that you allow me to make you over again. It's my desire that you walk in the new. It's my desire that your life is whole. He says, but if you choose to, to reject what it is I'm offering. If you choose to make a decision that we're going to follow our, the, our own, the dictates of our own heart, or we're going to be wise in our own eyes, or we're going to turn away from that is true. He says, now you can do that. He says, but there is a consequence on the other end of your decision. That's good or bad. Now, I'm going to tell you this. You cannot earn salvation. You can't, your goods will not ever outweigh your bad. He says, he says, because it's by grace. And according to Ephesians chapter two and verse eight and nine, it's by grace are you saved through faith. It is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man can boast. In other words, you can't earn it. All you can do is receive it. How do you receive this new beginning? How do you receive this fresh start? How do you begin to live life again? How do you allow the potter to make you anew again? It's simple. John chapter 3, verse 16 says this. It says, for God so loved the world 
that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believed on him would not perish, but have everlasting life, the God kind of life, life like it was before Adam and Eve bowed their knee, life that's in abundance to the full until it overflows. He says, for see, what you don't realize is for verse 17, for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through his son might be saved. See, there's only one way to the Father, and that's through His Son, Jesus Christ. There's only one way into the kingdom of God, God's way of doing things that gives you the life in abundance to the full until it overflows, and that's through His Son, Jesus. And how do you receive it? Well, He's already told you how to do it, and we're going to reiterate it according to Romans chapter 10, verses 8, 9, and 10. You make the decision. It says that, look, the Word of God is not me. It's in my heart. It's in my mouth. It's the Word of faith which we preach, that if you will confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God is raising from the dead, you shall be saved. For with the heart man believes unto righteousness and with your mouth confession is made unto salvation. You can make this decision today. You can make the choice today. You can say, Lord, look, I've been doing it my own way. I've been following after the dictates of my own heart and I've turned from the truth. But and but now today, I make a decision to truly step into the new and say goodbye to the old. I'm saying goodbye to yesterday. I'm saying goodbye to those old friends. I'm saying goodbye to my old ways. And God, I make a decision to make this day one. And if that's you, I invite you to pray this prayer with me. Say it, confess it out of your mouth, mean it from your heart, and say this with me. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I do believe Jesus Christ, He's the Son of God. I believe He died for me on the cross and carried my sins for me. I believe He was in the grave, but now He's risen. He's alive right now. Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Save me now. I make the exchange with you. I give you my old. I take your new. I'm right now and I receive your salvation. I receive Jesus as Lord. I stand in right position with you right now. I'm a citizen of the kingdom of God. I'm a son of the most high God. And from this day forward, I'm walking in the new. In Jesus name we pray. Amen and amen. Well, glory to God. Well, praise God if you prayed that prayer for the very first time or you made a rededication. Man, I want to thank you for joining. I want to thank you for that decision. I want to thank you for stepping into your new. Now, what do you do next? Man, you got to get in a word-based church that teaches you about the death, burial, resurrection of Jesus Christ, teaches you about the, the kingdom of God, and teaches you about the love of God. We know that Ignite Depot is such a church. So, man, if you want to join us here every Saturday at at, at 6 p.m. Every Saturday right here at 6 p.m. And man, where we teach the word line upon line, precept upon precept, and practical, relevant ways so you can apply it to your everyday life. Or if you miss this broadcast or you're too far away from here and you need to find a local church in your, your area, reach out to info at ignitedepot.com. That's info at ignitedepot.com. And we'll connect you with a church or with a pastor that can teach you about the word of God in a way that you'll be able to receive it. Now, we also, if you missed this broadcast and you want to catch up on other broadcasts and go back to those old messages we've preached before, man, go online at ignitetolife.com, ignitetolife.com, or you can catch it on the podcast at Ignite to Life Podcast. And Night to Life podcast, you'll hear this and many other messages. Now, on behalf of Pastor Juan and the entire Ignite Nation, I want to thank you for joining us tonight. And remember, 
Today is your day one of your new beginning. Today is the day of a total makeover. We'll see you next time. God bless you. Bye-bye. Oh, 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 oh,